Court, citing lack of standing, rejects state's challenge to interagency working group on social cost of greenhouse gases. The case is Missouri versus Biden, docket number 21-3013, October 21st, 2022. The case is on appeal from the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Missouri, Judge Flessig. The issue... Do states mounting challenge to greenhouse gas cost estimates published by Interagency Working Group for use by agencies have standing to seek an injunction to prevent federal agencies from using those estimates as binding values in any agency action? The holding, because the states fail to set forth a concrete injury traceable to the cost estimates, the plaintiffs lack standing. Summary of the case. In 2010, President Obama, in an attempt to ensure that executive agencies engaging in cost-benefit analyses with respect to actions and rulemaking on climate and pollution issues, were on the same page, established an Interagency Working Group, or IWG, to set forth a standard estimate for the social costs of greenhouse gases, SCGHG, to be used across agencies. Estimates for carbon, methane, and nitrous oxide were subsequently issued during his administration. President Trump disbanded the IWG, set aside the standard estimates, and allowed agencies to once again use their own cost-benefit analysis. Shortly after taking office, President Biden reestablished the IWG with multiple high-ranking officials, directed the publication of social cost estimates, and required federal agencies to use these estimates when monetizing the cost and benefits of future agency actions and regulations. 86 Federal Register at 7040-41. A number of states, including Arkansas, subsequently filed suit against the Biden administration. The court described their claims and requests for relief as follows, quote, in their March 26, 2021 first amended complaint, the states requested injunctive and declaratory relief, asserting four causes of action. One, violation of the separation of powers. Two, violation of agency statutes. Three, procedural violation of the APA. And four, substantive violation of the APA. The states moved for a preliminary injunction prohibiting defendants, except for the president, from using the interim SCGHG estimates as binding values in any agency action. End of quote. The district court dismissed the complaint on 12B1 grounds due to a lack of Article III standing and ripeness. The Court of Appeals affirmed, rejecting each of the appellant state's arguments on subject matter jurisdiction. The court began with a summary of Article Three standing doctrine. Quote, standing to sue is a doctrine rooted in the traditional understanding of a case or controversy. It serves to prevent the judicial process from being used to usurp the powers of the political branches. The irreducible constitutional minimum of standing requires plaintiffs to show they, one, suffered an injury in fact, two, that is fairly traceable to the challenge conduct of the defendant, and three, that is likely to be redressed by a favorable judicial decision. To avoid 
dismissal for lack of standing, the states, like private plaintiffs, must allege sufficient facts to support a reasonable inference that they can satisfy the elements of standing. End of quote. The panel noted that plaintiffs bringing a claim against one of the political branches are held to a higher standard when seeking standing. Quote, the standing inquiry is especially rigorous when reaching the merits of the dispute would force us to decide whether an action taken by one of the other two branches of the federal government was unconstitutional. End of quote. The appellant's first argument was that federal agencies' future use of the estimates will result in direct monetary injury to the states, as the estimates' emphasis on the social benefits of increased restriction of greenhouse gas emissions will result in costs to states as purchasers of more heavily regulated goods and services, and loss of future tax revenues for more heavily regulated economic activity. The court noted that such harm may, under certain circumstances, be sufficient to meet the standards of Article III. Quote, Economic injury to a state from increased proprietary cost or reduced tax revenues can certainly be sufficiently concrete and particularized to give the state standing to sue, provided the threatened injury is certainly impending and fairly traceable to the challenged conduct. End of quote. However, the court nonetheless rejected the appellant's argument. The court explained that it is not the estimates themselves that give rise to the potential injury. Rather, the plaintiff's issues are with potential action that might be taken in the future that would be based in part on a consideration of that estimate if an agency decides to incorporate cost-benefit considerations into its analysis. Accordingly, the court affirmed the district court position that a finding of standing under these facts would require reliance on a highly attenuated chain of possibilities. Such a distant potential injury does not confer standing. The court next addressed the claim that the estimates intrude upon the state's role as regulators in cooperative federalism programs, such as those mandated by the National Environmental Policy Act, Clean Air Act state implementation plans, and Federal Highway Administration actions, depriving the states of freedom and discretion that they otherwise would have had in administering those programs. Unlike their previous claim of injury, the states argued that this injury does not depend on the impact of a future agency action because it immediately affects how states participate in formulating agency actions. Though the court noted that states may be entitled to some deference in this context, this argument still failed. This was primarily due to the fact that the executive order establishing the IWG applies only to executive departments and agencies and therefore excludes states, because the states are not bound to utilize such estimates even when engaged in cooperative federalism programs, this argument failed. The panel then addressed the appellant's argument that under Bennett v. Speer, 520 U.S. 154, the plaintiffs need not wait for the finalization of an agency action based on the estimate before filing suit. In Bennett, the Fish and Wildlife Service issued a biological opinion under the Endangered Species Act. As a consequence of this opinion, the Bureau of Reclamation would reduce the plaintiffs' water allocation under the Klamath Irrigation Project. Holding that the relationship between the SCGHG estimates 
an agency action in the instant case was much weaker than in Bennett, the court rejected the contention that Bennett controlled. Quote, the district court distinguished Bennett because neither EO 13990 nor the interim SCGHG estimates mandate agencies issue the particular regulations that plaintiffs fear will harm them. We agree. The facts alleged here are materially different than in Bennett. The states seek injunctive relief against all future uses of the interim SCGHG estimates. The court in Bennett addressed a concrete dispute about a pending agency action affecting a specific irrigation project. Moreover, unlike the biological opinion's virtually determinative effect on specific agency action in Bennett, the interim SCGHG estimates are only one of innumerable other factors in the cost-benefit analysis conducted by a wide range of agencies in an even wider range of regulatory contexts and only to the extent consistent with applicable law. End of quote. Finally, the court rejected the appellant's argument that the IWG had violated the Administrative Procedure Act's notice and comment requirements, giving rise to standing. It did so for two independent reasons. First, it held that a procedural harm untethered to any specific harm, or alternatively, a procedural right in vacuo, does not represent an adequate injury in fact. Second, because the IWG is not an agency as defined by the relevant statutory authority, its actions are not governed by the APA. Determining that the appellants lack standing, while also acknowledging that further developments could give rise to a sufficient claim of an injury, the court affirmed the judgment in favor of the appellees. End of decision.